oh, I haven't seen the Rathacon. I haven't seen the Rathacon. Oh, yeah, me either. And I'm like, of course you haven't seen the Rathacon because you're in your fucking 20s. <laughs> no, you have. It just started uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You saw the Rathacon. You just saw a uh, crappy uh, remake. You, you saw the, the blue-eyed, you know, British con Nunian sing. <laughs> God, that was so terrible. Did you watch that? It was awful. Yeah, it was bad. I like I liked the other two okay, but that one was not good. Oh, see, I didn't like any of them. See, the, here's the problem. With, here's the thing about Star Trek, and here's why Wrath of Khan was obviously influential, is because, it, like, you, you have all these other directors, Star Trek directors, trying to basically emulate it. Not and not only emulate it, but almost flat out copy it. Oh, totally. Like Nemesis, Star Trek Nemesis, which is not only the worst Star Trek movie ever made, it's probably one of the worst movies ever made by itself. Yeah, what about Undiscovered Country? That's pretty bad. No, the uh, the one where what? no, I'm sorry, I said the wrong one. Uh, uh, the uh, you don't make me with, you don't want to get into a bitch fight with me, do you? The one with the Spock's brother, you know, the, the oh, the yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, Spock the, suddenly has the, a brother that the, nobody's the, ever heard of. The, the final frontier, yeah, that one, yeah, that was bad too. Okay, so Nemesis or Final Frontier. Well, Nemesis is the one, but Next it was crap. But they, they also tried to copy the the con thing, and they're in the nebula, and they're they're having a battle in the nebula. The total total ripoff. And then they made a, a basically a, a a blatant ripoff. J.J. Abrams verse did. Like you know what? We're not even going to attempt to like make it seem like we're not ripping off. That's exactly what we're doing. It. Nah, we're just except gonna we're going like to do like a super shitty job of it. Whatever. We, we just, we, let's talk about the originals because otherwise we're going to get like the bitter old man phase. Like we do. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Back right. in my day, we had good con movies, damn it. We were happy about it. <laughs> Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that crap. I am Milo Dennison. I'm Jamie Fenderson, and today it's the case of The Empire Strikes Back for Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. That's right. The Battle of the Sequels. So both iconic series of films. You've got Star Wars, you've got Star Trek. And I don't think anyone would dispute us on this. Maybe they would, but in the Star if they Trek, do wrong. Yeah. In the Star Trek universe, I think it's easy to say the Wrath of Khan is probably the best one. And in the Star Wars universe, the Empire Strikes Back is probably the best one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in Star Trek, Star Trek six is right up there with Star Trek two. But yeah, I, I would agree with that. And anybody who doesn't agree with us is wrong anyway. So as we've established on the show. Yeah. So it's really the question is, which is the better sequel? And so how we decided, because we both love both these films, is how we decided who's getting what is how many Star Trek action figures do you have, Jamie, versus Star Wars? Yeah, I have, I have way more Star Trek action figures. There yeah. we go. So Jamie has more Star Trek action figures, hence he's taking the Star Trek side. <laughs> I am a grown man who has no action figures, so I will take the Empire Strikes Back side. Can you believe I'm still single, man? <laughs> I, I wake up every day and it boggles my mind. Uh, okay, so my case for the Empire Strikes Back. One, without Star Wars, I don't think we would have the Wrath of Khan, 
right? So Star Wars, you know, they had been talking about doing a Star Trek movie, but it wasn't until Star Wars came out and just knocked it out of the park that they're like, holy shit, we need to get on board with this stuff and did the first Star Trek movie, which, you know, is okay, but it's not great. And so when they moved into the second one, they got a good director, they got a good writer and they're like, yeah, let's make a great film for Star Trek. But that's thanks to Star Wars. Now, The Empire Strikes Back specifically of why it's such a great sequel is it isn't a lot of the problem with a lot of sequels is they take stuff from the first movie and just kind of repeat it. And, you know, especially with action films, Star Wars really, I think, established the the uh, trilogy concept that has been done to death recently. But back then, it actually was kind of a new thing that people were like, holy shit, we're going to tell a story over three movies. Yet it still had enough of that story in that center movie to um, to be able to watch it from beginning to end without really, you didn't have to watch either of the films, but it it does a great job of continuing that story that leads up to the third film. It introduces um, Boba Fett, which for some reason, Star Trek nerds love Boba Fett, even though he was on the film in the film for like, you know, three minutes or whatever it was. Um, he wasn't in it long, but people fucking love Boba Fett. Same thing, even with Return of the Jedi, he was barely in and he died. He was in it for a few minutes and then died. And everybody's like, I love Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, they like him. We need a spin off Boba Fett movie. We need, you know, where's all our Boba Fett stuff? Of course, the, the, that amazing twist with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker that nobody saw coming. So you had that moment. You had great action sequences. You had the budding love story between Han and Leia. Uh, you got tons of Millennium Falcon time in that film, I think more so than any of the other films. And everybody loves the Millennium Falcon. Like if I were to build a spaceship, I'd be, probably I might build a Millennium Falcon, right? So it just has all these great things in it that you can't say it's not a great film. It uses practical effects, originally used practical effects more so than, than uh, CGI effects. We're not talking about the uh, various special editions. Ravesties. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just think across the board, it's, it's a great film. I can't, I mean, there's nothing to fault about it. No. And I can't, like, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and try to bash it. Like, it, you know, some things I'll just go, go bash it, but I can't bash Empire Strikes Back. There's nothing to bash. Right. Yeah, that's why I'm not ending this with bashing Star Trek. You know, yeah, we can't, we can't bash, bash these movies, right? We can only we can only talk about their merits and let other people decide, you know? Yeah. Because they're both awesome. They're both like probably they're both in that list of like best sequels ever that were even better than the first, right? Um, which is rare because rarely are sequels even as good, let alone better than the first. And Wrath of Khan that this was an interesting one because like you said they did the first one which it's got fandom a lot of people like it a lot of people don't dig it i think it's okay yeah i agree i, I like it i actually like that opening sequence that you know the, the people hate that opening sequence where they're just kind of flying past the enterprise for like a super long time and you just yeah. get this long ass shot of the ship and i'm like i think that's cool yeah yeah i know it's very high concept but and a lot of people got it but a lot of people don't dig it but what they did with this one is they said hey Let's let's try again, but it's going to be a fraction of the budget. And this was even a fraction of the budget of Empire Strikes Back. It, it cost thirty three million to make Empire Strikes Back, and they only had twelve million at most for the Wrath of Khan. 
And they still, they, even with a small budget, Nicholas Meyer and, 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 the, and the people there, they pulled it off. They pulled it off with a small budget and they made a really uh, good movie because it's really based on story, right? It's got some battle scenes, um, you know, uh, in the nebula where the spaceships are fighting, but it's really about the story. It's about a, the story of this crazy old man who happens to be like a super human who wants revenge on Kirk and who will do anything to get it. And then he also wants to change this thing that they're using for science into a super weapon. Cause he's, he's a super weapon, superman, super weapon kind of guy, right? That's his thing. But a lot of the story is just tit for tat between the, 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 between Kirk and, and this crazy old man who just wants revenge on him. Right. And that's, Kind of it. They talk a lot about, you know, getting older and stuff, but it's really, it's really a cat and mouse kind of thing. It's a battle of wits between these two guys and everybody else is kind of caught in the crossfire. And it's, it's really simple at its core. It really is quite simple. It's really just a revenge story. It's a, it's a um, cat and mouse revenge story. And I think they did such a good job with it. And like Empire Strikes Back, which had its big thing, right? Because it's like, uh, Maury Povich on steroids. It's like, what? You're the father? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no way! Right? And it's like a big deal. It's a big reveal back then. It was the biggest drama of probably 1980. Was the fact that Darth Vader was was the daddy? You are the daddy, right? But Star Trek Two had that too because uh, you know Spock died, and he died saving the ship. And they had that whole scene and he couldn't get to him because they have the glass there and you will always be my friend. And that was sad, dude. So, you know, while I was shocked about the daddy thing, I was also really, really sad, like emotionally sad about this death of Spock. That was that was a big deal. And then I think maybe Empire uh, did save Star Trek, but I think the Wrath of Khan also saved Star Trek because the success of that movie spawned more movies and even more uh, great TV shows later. Um, and I think if it weren't for the success of the wrath of Khan, we wouldn't have things like star Trek, the next generation. Uh, we wouldn't have our deep space nine Voyager feud. Uh, we wouldn't have any of that without star Trek, uh, the wrath of Khan. So um, in its, in its way uh, for what it was, it was, it was very impactful. I like to the revenge story is justified. You know, sometimes you see your bad yeah. guy and it's like, you know, they give him a story that's kind of bullshit to make it justified or they don't do it at all. But this, it makes sense why he's angry. I mean, he got, he was put, I mean, sure. They, we could go back to the original series, right. And why, how, why Khan ended up there in the first place. But the reality is he was there on this planet with his, his life's love and, you know, the planet changes, his love dies. And, you know, he's got all this time just sitting there building up this hatred towards James T. Kirk. It's completely yeah. justified. Well, and maybe Kirk deserved it. Yeah. Maybe he did. Cause maybe, you know, he had a duty to go, at least go back and check up on, on their progress. Maybe he did. You draw people off on a planet. Maybe you should go check up on them after a little while or send somebody to check up on them. Yeah. Unlike, you know, some of the revenge things where it's like that, that even I, I like it. Okay. But that first JJ Abrams thing, uh, the, the Star Trek one with the Romulan and he's like, I'm so pissed off at Spock for some reason, 
he tried to save my planet and he did his best, but he didn't succeed. Well, that's not, a, I mean, you, I would think, well, I would be grateful, you know, yeah, hey, like, at least you tried. That's a, that's a stupid revenge story. But this guy had a legitimate, he, he had a legitimate thing, man. But yeah, it, it's interesting because I was looking at this too. There, you know, So here's the thing. Here's the similarities. You have two like iconic villains. And then I start thinking what I'd love to see is Darth Vader and Khan. That would be an awesome if they were like bad guy enemies, man. Well, as long as they're not fighting face to face, like I think in a physical fight, Vader would have to win. I mean, he's got the, he's got the force. He's got his lightsaber. Khan just has his super strength. Okay. But you take it. Let's take, let's take, let's take Darth Vader's lightsaber away. Okay. But he's still got the force. I mean, he could do his lift Khan up, throw him across the room. With okay, his, okay. His but what if it's like a battle of wits or something? Cause they're both pretty crafty bad guys. They are. I think a battle they're of both, wits. You know, the thing about the, what makes them so uh, dangerous bad guys is the fact that they're both persistent, man. They are persistent. Like, like uh, Darth Vader, he, he, he doesn't even know where the rebels are. And he's like, whatever, I'm going to just send probe droids everywhere. I'm going to find them somehow, some way. I'm going to try this. If that doesn't work, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to find Luke. I'm going to find the rebels. And he did, right? And he found them over on Hoth. And even the guy's like, oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's like, just go there. Shut up and go there. Like, he's a persistent dude, right? And that's like Khan, too, right? Khan's like, I want Genesis. Get Genesis. Where's Genesis? If you don't give me Genesis, I'll kill you all. Like he just wants that. And then he wants Kirk. And even he, he's like, damn it, go into that nebula. Just do it. Go. I want my revenge. Right. They're just single minded dudes. That's what makes them so dangerous and awesome. If you could be Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, James T. Kirk or Spock, which would you be? You know, I love Spock because I like the whole logic thing, but he's always he is kind of Kirk's little bitch sometimes. Like you, Captain, you, you know, so I don't, I don't dig that. Captain Kirk has a whole starship under his command. That's kind of cool. Like you got the whole enterprise and you can do your thing, right? Luke Skywalker, he, he's cool, but he's kind of a little bitch too. He's kind of whiny little bitch, but Han Solo is cool, right? Cause he's got the Millennium Falcon. He's got a big hairy buddy, help, helps him out. He gets the girl. Yeah, I'd be Han Solo. Too. I mean, yeah, she was she was she was yeah. she was a looker back back in the day. Yeah, he gets the princess and he's got a he's got a buddy who's a gambler kind of guy, and he's got another, you know, yeah, solo's kind of cool, right? Because because if you're Captain Kirk, you have a lot of responsibility. Like you can't just be a club. Yeah. You're a captain of a like a Starfleet starship that was commissioned by this inter like this multi-planet galactic kind of federation. And they, you got a lot of responsibility there, but if you're Han Solo, okay, you don't have like this big ship, but you got a cool ship and you got a hairy buddy and you can be a little, you can go out and get a little cray cray out in town and, and show up to work the next day, a little, a, a little toasty or, or whatever. And, and kind of got his own rules to follow. Whereas Kirk has his prime directive. He's kind of got to follow. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd be Han Solo. How about you? What, what, what would you do? Um, same thing. That's kind of why I poised that yeah, question to see. Know. Yeah, come on. All guys want to be Han Solo. I mean, Harrison yeah. Ford, stud, you know, hooks up with Leia, hottie. Yeah, has his big wicked <laughs> friend. Well, 
Kirk hooked up with a lot of hotties, man. It's true. I he mean, did. So, yeah. There, there wasn't his own screen hottie hooking up for Han Solo, except for when they made that movie later when he's hooking up with the with the girl on his home planet or whatever. But he 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 kind of has this attitude like like he hooks up with hotties, but you never see him hook up with hotties. All I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. I think I think he just acts like he hooked up with hotties, but actually Princess Leia is like the first hottie he's ever hooked up with. I think he totally lost his virginity to the princess and he just doesn't want to say anything because it totally knocks out his creds. Whereas Captain Kirk, you, you that's on screen almost every episode of the old series, right? Yeah. So so on the uh, the notches list, Kirk Kirk probably wins. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't even know if Han Solo has any more than one notch. But I'm going. That's cool, Han's, Han's probably got two or three. I mean, he, you know, he. he there's got to be something happening off screen on occasion when he's out scoundreling around. He can't know, have man. that level of confidence and not be able to back it up. Maybe it's a big show, dude. <laughs> that's not. Maybe it's a confidence. big show. Actually, what's really happening is Chewbacca's getting all that action because <laughs> Chewbacca's hung, dude, <laughs> and he's jelly. So he's got that fake attitude. <laughs> well, Chewie has a wife and kids, as we learned from the Star Wars special. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, Life Day. Yeah, Chewie's, Chewie's getting Gotta get back for Life Day. Oh. <laughs> you didn't just bring up the Star Wars special. No. It is the best thing to ever happen to Star Wars, as we all know, as anyone who has seen any of it knows. <laughs> Oh, no, no. That's a whole other episode right there. That really is. That's some bizarre shiznit, bro. <laughs> That's some bizarre shiznit. There's another thing I wanted to mention, though, about these two movies, though, because it, it's, it's hard to have a debate when we're just both like totally loving up on both of them anyway. So here's a, here's a little bit more love. Uh, the soundtrack, uh, you know, the score for Empire Strikes Back was John Williams. Mm hmm. Who's a, who's a who's a a genius in my opinion? I think he's right up there with like Beethoven and all that beautiful score. But I don't think James Horner is any f much farther behind, and he did the score for um, for uh, Star Trek Two, which I also think was a fantastic musical score. So both of these movies, I think, win in that respect, where they have basically you're talking about modern day Beethoven and Bach. I mean, if you want to do some kind of comparison, and I think they both did. Like, I, th I think the the musical scores for both of these films is fantastic. So, if you had to pick one, would you go Empire or Trek for score? You know, here's the thing: I, I would probably go for Trek because it was new, right? Oh, and Empire now just kind of builds upon the previous, like the original versus Star Trek Two. I would, I would do the original Star Wars. Hmm. Because the original Star Wars was was a masterpiece, and it, it true. And I say that like with for real. I think it was a masterpiece. But uh, Star Trek Two was was a fantastic near masterpiece, and whereas Empire Strikes Back was a lot of what it was before. Of course, it had different you know scoring and stuff, but it was it was similar as well. It should have been to the original Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. So in that case, I, I think I like Star Trek two better because it's, it's, it's a new, it's something new. That makes sense. I'm going to go, I still got to go Star Wars on that one because that the, the music is so iconic. Like you hear it, you instantly know what that is. Like people have that on, as ringtones on their phones. Yeah. Whereas yeah. 
you know, the, the, in Star Trek, it's not as iconic, you know, like if you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, I recognize that, you know, and it might take you a second. I mean, we'd probably know because we've seen the movie like a dozen times, but you know, maybe if somebody's only seen the movie once or twice or never, they'd be like, I don't know. But a person who's never seen Star Wars or Star or any of the Star Wars, Star Wars films would recognize that as being from Star Wars, I think. Yeah, this is tough, man. I don't know. I think what we'll have to do is we'll have to go on Twitter and just like throw it on Twitter and see what our friends on Twitter say, because uh, I think it's a tough one. It, it is. I Yeah, I couldn't. I can't pick. I mean, I know I my my role here was defending Empire, but I can't do it at the expense of Wrath of Khan because I mean they're yeah. both absolutely I'm, really films. I've seen them both I'm, multiple I'm times. Trekkie, I'm a big Trekkie, but I, I I think you know I like I can't I can't knock Empire Strikes Back. And 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 this just this discussion just reminds me about how just great movies were back then. Like back then, that original Star Wars trilogy was epic and it was culturally significant, man. I mean, we were kids and you just that's part of that's part of your mythology as a kid. Like that's like in the ancient times, like the old man telling the story about Hercules or something. It's Mm -hmm. like that's our that's our that's our mythos. Um, And the Star Trek is, too. But, you know, Star Wars is like our mythos. And then that trilogy was just huge. And then, and then later when George Lucas just put all that crap in, like redid it all, which was, what do you do? Like, Hey, let's paint, let's paint a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Like, what are you doing, dude? And then he made those prequels. Like uncle George started to just smoke and crack or something. Like he just wanted everything to be a video game. It was awful. And, and I was so disappointed. Um, and then the same kind of with, uh, with star Trek where, you know, the TV series is kind of went downhill. Um, and then they made those next generation movies, but they tried to make them some, some kind of strange action movies. Uh, and they were directed by people who know nothing about Star Trek and they were crap. And Star Trek next generation was my bag. It was my, my thing. I loved it. And then they go and they make these crap movies. Um, so here's the thing. I think they ought to, if they're not going to make good stuff, then just let it, let it, let it, let it alone, leave it alone. I agree with that, man. Like, you know, just let these movies be, don't redo them. Don't continue, you know, just make, go off and make an entirely new something. It's yeah, something why, completely new. Yeah. It's why I'm so impressed with back to the future. I was listening to an interview uh, with those guys or the, the writer was it the writer of it. Uh, but, um, and he was talking about that and he's like, people are always asking me, like, if we're going to do something and, and he's like, no. And luckily Steven Spielberg owns the rights to the film. And so, uh, he said, I've talked to Steven and Steven is like, no, you know, if, if you don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. We're not, you know, we're not making another back to the future film in any we're way. Not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna nuke the fridge on, on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's awesome that they're committing to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and that's why its legacy is 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 still stands mm-hmm. because you look at like Indiana Jones. Oh man, and that yeah. was another awesome trilogy. I thought the third one was the best one. Like it's very rare that a third one is the best one. Oh yeah, and it's like that ended great. And then they come out and Uncle George is out there again, smoking his ganja or whatever he's doing. And they're talking about alien skulls and, oh, you can totally survive a nuclear blast if you're in a refrigerator and all the CGI monkey bullshit, dude. 
I'm like, what are you doing? Because now you just tarnished your legacy, right? Yeah, you had a fantastic trilogy that ended with the best one. And then you, 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 you take your mushrooms or whatever and you come up with this crap for the fourth one. Why? Stop it. Come up with something new, guys. Or, or, or just retire. Just Like George was just retire. All you guys just retire, I guess. Because if you're, if you're just going to just do your old stuff and not new stuff, then just retire. Because if I do old stuff from like 20 years ago in my job, they're probably like, nah, maybe it's time for you to go, bro. Dude, right there with you. Right there with you. Yeah, well, we better wrap it up because we could probably rant all day on this. Yeah, we always end up in a rant for these things. <laughs> we talk about, we're, we're trying to compare about how much we love these two movies, which one's better. We talk about how much we love them. And then we talk about how 2021 completely sucks ass and, and all the movies suck and everybody sucks. And everybody listening, and, and, and our demographics probably right with us, right? But we can't get any younger folks in our in our podcast. They'd be like, those, those two old guys, big, those are just grouchy old men. They hate the time we live in. Totally. And they, they're like, I love the J.J. Abrams Star Wars films. I love, I love Star Trek Nemesis. What are you talking about? It's so good. Yeah. yeah. The, the bridge of the Enterprise totally should look like an Apple store. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Hey, youngsters, though, if you haven't seen The Empire Strikes Back, the original version, and if you haven't seen The Wrath of Khan, you need to go watch it right now. Remember, this was made in the early 80s, so if you're going to judge it on a CGI, there was barely any CGI at all. So, But they're good movies with good stories, and they're fun, and that's how things used to be. Peace. Praise science fiction. Yeehaw. Praise Darth Vader and Khan Noon Soon. That's right. Our evil heroes. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, We are wrapping this particular episode up because uh, we feel we need to, or else we'll just go on and on about things that we don't like (laughs) instead of things that we do like. So, as always, feel free to follow us on the 80sandnineties.com, the website, or Twitter, the 80sandnineties.com. And just a little shout out here. If you like the show, uh, give us a little review on whatever podcast player you're listening to share it on social media tell your friends uh let people know about it we you know we we do it because we enjoy it but we also want people to hear it so uh help us get the word out as always we will leave you with this we are out of here like luke's hand after it got chopped off by his father and then thrown down a giant sky city (laughs) yeah it was gone too they never found it no it's still floating floating down there somewhere Floating around. It's gonna be, gonna be found by some maintenance man. <laughs> what the hell is this hand? Entire maintenance man. <laughs> Who left this hand here? Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. 